You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. to Locked on Mavericks for Wednesday, October 12th in the year 2016. I'm Mike Marshall. I am your uh, one of your hosts today. You can follow me on Twitter at Machine Sports. You can follow the show overall at Locked on Mavs on Twitter as well. And submit those questions if you feel like it to LockedOnMavs at gmail.com. We'll use them eventually, I promise. Um, my other host that will be joining me here in just a minute is Jacob Kemp of Sports Radio 1310, the ticket in Dallas at NotJackKemp. If you want to follow him on Twitter, we'll get around to uh, projecting and doing over-unders for the top seven teams, uh, top seven projected teams, according to Westgate Superbook in the Western Conference. Um, that means your good ones, your uh, your Rockets, your Trailblazers, your Thunder, your Jazz, your Clippers, Spurs, and Warriors, and where the Mavs fit in that top seven if they do it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the Locked On uh, Locked on Mavericks podcast. We're part of the Locked on Sports uh, podcast network. Uh, it's your team, and it's every single day. Uh, we got something for you usually in the AM that you can download and listen to, and it's pretty quick and pretty clean. And uh, we're bringing you different topics every single day of the week. So thank you, and the results have been uh, great thus far. Uh, I'm really encouraged by how many people are into Mavs basketball this early in the season. So... Uh, thank you very much. If you feel like uh, subscribing, do that. If you feel like rating and reviewing, do that as well. Um, so let's get to some of the action last night before we get to our uh, win totals, over-unders, um, according to Westgate Superbook for the Western Conference. Um, we'll get to that discussion here in a minute. But first, let's talk about last night's action at the American Airlines Center. 114-109, Dallas Mavericks victory in their fourth game of the preseason. I completely forgot that the Hornets and the Pelicans are not the same team anymore um, the other day and thought they'd only played two. Uh, it was early, and I had gotten up for a, uh, a muser's shift, which means 6 a.m. So sorry about that. They have played four games, not three at this point. Um, so let's see the highlights. I guess uh, first off, you got the debut of Dirk Nowitzki and Devin Harris in the preseason. Uh, the Mavericks started Berea, uh, J.J. Berea, Darren Williams, Harrison Barnes, Dirk, and Bogut was their starting unit as Wesley Matthews uh, rested, as did Quincy Acey and Salah Mejri and Seth Curry. Uh, they did not see any action in this game. So you didn't get qu- like quite the starting unit that you have, uh, have on paper, but uh, almost there. And I think that roster will probably, or that lineup Probably be used pretty frequently of Brea, Darren, Barnes, Dirk, Bogut. Um, so they started the game with uh, two straight Bogut ISOs. Kind of uh, not quite to the restricted area, but uh, below the free throw line. He tried a couple left-handed hook shots. Didn't look great. Uh, probably needs to work on that a little bit more to uh, get that in his pocket. 
where he can catch the ball below the free throw line, pin somebody down, spin over his right shoulder and throw up a left-handed hook and at least make it with some frequency. The Mavs didn't score for the first three minutes. If you're worried about how stagnant this offense can be and how little space can be created, it wasn't that. It was just that uh, Darren missed a wide-open three and Brea missed a wide-open three. And then they eventually got on the board uh, right after that at the nine-minute mark. Um, Bogut took a charge early. Uh, he had 11 rebounds in 17 minutes, three blocks to go along with that. Had a nice between-the-legs uh, assist off a very good screen. He had a block on Cantor. He had a block on, I think it was Singler. It wasn't a block, but he affected the shot to where Singler couldn't uh, get a good look on a uh, basically a runout. The Cantor one was a runout as well. He basically beat them back to uh, the rim and affected the shot. Um, and then he ran a fast break. <laughs> he cut one off the boards and just decided, well, my outlets aren't there. Let's just dribble up the court. And he basically stopped shy of the three-point line put a uh, reverse spin bounce pass on a dime to Devin Harris, and Devin uh, finished the bucket. So you got a nice dime on a transition basket. And I almost feel like I buried the lead because Dwight Powell has been really stinking good over the last two games. 15-point um, performance against the Bucks the other night, and then, uh, then last night, uh, 16 points in 19 minutes, knocking down um, jumpers, finishing alley-oops, Seven boards, and per uh, Bobby Corrala of the Dallas Mavericks, in the last three games, Dwight Powell has had 14 points on seven pick-and-roll man possessions. So whenever he sets the pick and he rolls to the basket, he's at seven possessions, he scored 14 points off of them. Uh, as a cutter, as a backdoor cutter or otherwise, 11 points on five possessions as a cutter off the ball, which is very encouraging. Like, if they get... I'm more excited about Bogut because I think he's more important to the overall success of the team. But if they get anything out of Dwight Powell like that, like instant offense, kind of Brandon Wright type formula, very excited about that. A couple of the random thoughts. Justin Anderson doesn't need to dribble the ball ever. <laughs> he got, he did the classic like dribble into a trap and then pick up the ball and turn around, which is exactly what I do whenever I get really stinking tired in a basketball game. Every time he dribbled it or tried to dribble into a pass or create space or anything like that, got deflected out of bounds or he got picked or just, you know, uh, he got stalled. So he doesn't need to pick up the ball and uh, put it on the ground like ever. Just shoot threes and drive your head down at the basket and finish because obviously that part of his game hasn't come along quite yet. The Sabonis kid <laughs> for uh, Donatus Sabonis, I believe his name is, for uh, – no, it's not Donatus. That's Matajunas. Didn't mean to be uh, stereotyping right there, but uh, Arvidas Sabonis' son is on the Thunder, and he looked like crap last night, <laughs> just gunning away in the first quarter uh, with no real logic to it. Um, Harrison Barnes had a nice little baby hook, but other than that, man, he posted somebody and threw in a nice hook, but one of four again, eight or, uh, four total points, two rebounds in 18 minutes after two really garbage performances from Harrison Barnes in the uh, second and third uh, preseason games. Not encouraged at all. And I think what we're seeing with the uh, the roster shakeout is uh, Bersino and Gibson are nailing down their two roster spots. Bersino, six from eight from three, and Gibson just because they need some scoring punch off the bench in the case that they're in a really bad spot with the point guard position. So, And I don't want to undersell the, uh, the contributions of J.J. Barea in last night's game. He's the best shot creator on the roster by far, and he did J.J. Barea things. Uh, five of eight from the field, 
let's see, three assists, two boards for a total of 15 points in 16 minutes. So, yeah, you get a victory in the fourth preseason game at home uh, over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 114-109. Looks like the next game will be 10-14, which will be Friday, 9 p.m. at the Phoenix Suns. We get to see old friend Tyson Chandler, and we're exactly two weeks away from the start of the NBA season for the Dallas Mavericks as they start against the Indiana Pacers. So let's go ahead and uh, without further ado, let's get those Western Conference win totals sorted out for you. So here is uh, myself and Jake Kemp of the ticket chewing through some of the uh, the projected win totals by Westgate Superbook and how we feel the West will shake out. Here you go. All right, so as a recap of what we did yesterday, um, we're working on a loose guesstimation of total wins that the Western Conference is going to crew this season. Uh, last year it was 622. The year before that it was 656. The year before that, 674. So I'm kind of operating under the assumption that they're going to win between 625 and 650 of the 1,230 games that they have to play this season. Um, we did the bottom eight teams. And just a quick rehash on those. We had the uh, Lakers are projected 15th. We had them 15th. Um, I had them one win over their guesstimated total by a Westgate Superbook. Did you have them right there as well? Yeah. Uh, mine's at 26. I don't have 26. yours in front of me, but I have all mine. Yeah, I, had 20, I think I had 26 as well. Um, Phoenix Suns uh, projected to be the 14th team. I had them at 30 wins. I think you had a touch higher, didn't you? The Suns, I put at 25. Oh, did you? Wow. Okay, I forgot about that. Uh, they were projected at 28 and a half. Uh, Kings projected at 32.5. I have them at 30, so going under their win went, total there. I went 28. Nice. Um, 12th, Denver Nuggets projected to win 36 and a half. I think that's about even. Like, I'm, I don't put half numbers down, but <laughs> if I did, I might have put it 36 and a half. I just put 36. So I went over at 38. Nice. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, projected at 36 and a half as well. Uh, Anthony Davis sprained his ankle last night, actually. So he's out two weeks. Uh, no Drew Holiday, no Tyreek Evans. I go under at 32 wins for the New Orleans Pelicans. Went 36 before the injury, mm. but really you should probably factor in an injury for him. Yeah. Even if you, even if you don't think he's an injury-prone player, they he has to do so much that – I mean, I guess we both went under, so it doesn't really matter. But that's that's probably something I should have considered. Is this yeah. with no no Drew no Drew Holiday, and and if there's even fifteen or so games missed, mm-hmm. they'll lose every one of those games that Anthony yeah, Davis doesn't play. Twelve of them for sure. Like a roster that that thin, um, with this bad of a team is like almost impressive. Um, Number 10th projected by uh, – number 10th Western Conference team projected by Westgate Superbook was your Dallas Mavericks at 39 wins is what they say. They won 42 last year. I went 43. Uh, went to pie in the sky. Big shocker. Two dudes from Dallas rating their team to go over the win total. <laughs> yeah, I think that they've probably hit the over if we were able to find the old ones a couple years in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. Not by a lot, and it doesn't mean that they're going to jump up and be a – a contender or anything, but they were most people had them lower than tenth in the conference last year, and they ended up finishing what seventh? Yeah, seventh. I put them at forty-two. So basically, just a different different type of team, but about as good as last year's team. Because again, I think if last year's team would have been totally healthy, and you had Parsons for 
healthy Parsons for 82 games, I think they would have won 45. For sure. 46. So if you're just saying, do I think fully healthy Harrison Barnes and slightly more healthy Wes Matthews is the exact – oh, and the upgrade of Bogut over Zaza, assuming they right. give you about the same number of minutes and games. Do I think that team is as good as 60% Wes Matthews and 65 to 70% Parsons? I think they're a push. Yeah, exact same thoughts. Um, from me on that issue, number nine, Minnesota Timberwolves. They have them jumping 12 and a half games over their win total last year up to 41 5 um, I'm saying tap the brakes. Uh, let's just make some steady progress and win 10 more games than we did last year. Um, and Tom Dibodeau is for sure one of the main things that gets me excited about that team. But I have him at 39 uh, wins overall for the T-Wolves this year. Uh, I went 40. I okay. think it's a pretty common thing with, uh, with, with the books is the Mavericks are not exciting at all. Mm-hmm. And they're really not. And Minnesota is very exciting. Not just because they have Thibodeau, but because they have maybe one of the most, if not the most exciting young player in the game. And like two others who are probably in the mix to eventually be all-stars. So, you know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're making their number off the hype almost. That's exactly right. And they've been doing that for a while now. But 12 yeah. and a half is just too much for me. So yeah. I'll go 40 and slot them um, a couple spots behind Dallas. Yeah. Let's just learn to crawl first. Let's just learn to win a, you know, consistently against teams that aren't as good as you. Um, number seven projected team in the Western Conference by Westgate Superbook. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies at 43 and a half. They won 42 games last year. Um, a lot of weird crap going on there. They're hard. They're a hard read. They might be the hardest read for me, of uh, of the top projected top eight teams in the West. Um, I have at forty one wins. I don't think this is gonna be a very good year. I think they get pretty damn old pretty quick. Uh, and if any one of those dudes misses time, like I don't know how they go. You know, uh, three hundred win percentage if Gasol, Conley, or uh, or Parsons miss substantial time, which they all have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, so I, I last took them at 40, 40. Last 24 months, they all have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they haven't played healthy at all. But if they if they do, they could be pretty dangerous. So I'm going to go the middle ground of uh, pretty dangerous when healthy and probably injured quite a bit and give them 41 wins. All right, so let's uh, get to the teams we haven't done yet. And uh, we're doing the where they would finish in the West according to Westgate Superbook. And according to them, the number seventh team in the Western Conference is going to be the Houston Rockets at 43.5 wins, had 40 wins last year. Let's pull up their depth chart. Um, obviously, no Dwight Howard. Um, so you slide in Clint Capella as your starting center. You have Ryan Anderson plugged in at the power forward. The one through three stay the same with Beverly Harden, Ariza. You get Eric Gordon. Uh, for 12 and a half a year. The bench, besides Nene, is almost exactly the same as last year. They get Brewer. Um, their key bench guys are Corey Brewer, Eric Gordon coming off the bench. Um, Nene, KJ McDaniels is still there, just rotting away his NBA career. And uh, Montrez Harrell, hopefully he takes a step because I like that dude. Uh, I hate that he's on the Rockets. And they still have um, first-round pick Sam Decker, 18th overall. I think they're substantially better than last year. Last year was a meltdown year for them. Like, that was uh, just the biggest disaster that they could have ever imagined. Uh, they ran a coach. 
Uh, Harden was having problems um, with everybody on the team. They got rid of uh, Dwight Howard. I'm going, I think this is a low, real low number for the Rockets. I'm going 47 wins overall for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I have 46. I think that they have significantly more depth. Yep. Depth, depth than they've had before. <laughs> and I don't really think that Clint Capella from last year, Dwight Howard on that team is a huge downgrade. No, um, not But at Ryan all. Anderson is a significant upgrade. And I think they'll end up playing Decker all over the place. Yeah, as they should. And as they, got, they should. They, they can do an interesting mix of things with whether sometimes Harden can be at the one with Gordon at the two. Sometimes Beverly at the one with Harden at the two or Gordon at the two. So, yeah, I I think they go over. I'm going to go 46 just because at some point uh, Harden is going to play them out of some games. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to do too much sort of thing. But, yeah, I'm going to go 46 and, and say improved. And I think they're going to be even better the year after that. Yeah, I wouldn't but think But it's also crazy. a matter of what is gonna what's it going to look like with Dan Toney. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine Very him true. being much better defensively. Yeah, you throw Ryan Anderson in there at four, and that gives me a lot of pause. Um, but like you said, you can throw – they have a lot of bodies to throw at that problem. And Montrez and uh, Sam Decker and even Corey Brewer for some stretches. And I bet Ariza ends up guarding most fours. But, yeah, they're not going to be good defensively, like at all. Like they might be talented defensively with Capella and Ariza on the court. But they're not going to be sound at all. But I think 43.5 is pretty low. Uh, number five team projected in the Western Conference by Westgate Superbook, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, 45 and a half wins is the projection, is the over-under that you can bet on. 44 uh, wins last year in a really low win total Western Conference. Um, Let's see what they did. It looks like uh, I hated their offseason, maybe worse than anybody else in the NBA's offseason. Um, you clearly have a problem at, uh, at center. You don't have any difference, difference makers in there. you got Mason Plumley, who's like the definition of serviceable. You've got Ed Davis, uh, who can be – I like Ed Davis. He's fine. He's fine as a backup rotation big. I just I – I don't think there's any upside to him. Like I think you know exactly what he is. Um, and you add uh, Festus Azili, who will be back uh, TBD. I don't know how long his whole situation is going to take. And they have Myers, Myers Leonard, uh, Noah Vonley. Do they? They look deep. They have like talented guys, but giving Alan Crab and Evan Turner uh, thirty-five million dollars a year for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Those two dudes clogging up one third of your cap, basically is insane to me. Um, of course, you've got the elite backcourt of Lillard and McCollum, um, Harkless and Al Farouk Amiu and Mason Plumlee's the starting five, and we mentioned the bench. I didn't love anything they did last year. I think they had a real chance to make this like a launch-off point, um, and at least if they didn't you know, get in the room for Hassan Whiteside or anything like that, save your money. Like, don't Because they got to re- re-up C.J. McCollum at the end of this year, too. And basically max him out if he plays like he did last year. I thought then, he signed already. Did he? He's listed as a 3.2. He might have signed the extension, but this year he's only on the books for 3.2, I think. Okay. Is what yeah, uh, maybe not. roster yeah, resource right. tells me. He'll just be restricted. Yeah, he'll be restricted, and they're going to have to max him out. And that's there's no room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's right. He signed a four-year, $106 million extension, so that kicks in next year. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. And they are capped the hell out with this roster 
going forward. I and like it a lot more than you do. Um, I don't like it at all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 48. 48. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going all in on them. That's I'm, a pretty significant upgrade for them. Yeah. Than last year. I'm going 45. Um, so just a half game under the projection. I I just hate Evan Turner on this team. I think that yeah. he's he's gonna be a negative negative sum player, and I don't know why you gave 18 and a half to Alan Crabb. And I don't like their – but outside of Ed Davis and, uh, and Plumlee, I don't like anything about their – I mean, Farouk is fine at a four, but the rest of their big man rotation, I'm not in love with it at all. Uh, Zeely will be back. Yeah, he'll be back. I want to – I need to see what he is. I also don't hate Noah Vonley. No, I like the upside. I like the, the potential. I mean, as far as you basically swung Batum to get him back and mm – -hmm. You know, Batum was gonna walk. You know, wasn't gonna sign in Portland. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're. I think that they're better than Houston. I guess is what I'm saying. I think they okay. have more. Com they have more complete. I mean, just to, on the strength of Lillard and McCollum alone. I mean, I think Lillard's almost as good as Harden. Yeah. Uh. So then, if you throw McCollum in there, the Rockets don't have anyone else like that. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have. Um, a, they don't have a second go-to. Um, so yeah, give me give me 48 for them. Interesting. Uh. Technically, the fifth team on here would be uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, same win total projection as the Blazers at 45 and a half. Um, with uh, 55 wins last year, obviously you know why that number is lower. It's because Kevin Durant left. Um, let's see their roster. I'm actually looking at them play basketball on my DVR right now. But uh, Westbrook, obviously a point. Oladipo slides in at two. They probably have the worst small, starting small forward in the league in Andre Roberson. Uh, Cantor sliding in there, getting you some starting minutes at power forward. Uh, Steven Adams, your center. I think they're going to figure it out pretty quickly that uh, Ersan Ilyasova is your best small forward option. Um, looks like Cameron Payne uh, fractured his foot, which really, yeah. really sucks for them because now they're leaning on Ronnie Price. Yeah, they have no, Westbrook's going to play 42 minutes a game. Yeah, it's they needed somebody to come in there and play one and let Westbrook play off ball every once in a while. They don't have it. Um, Anthony Morrow's still there. Um, all the uh, random rotation of big white guys are still there. And they added Joffrey Laverne, which kind of pissed me off because uh, he's got some upside to him. But I don't love this roster. I think they have a real – maybe the worst – defensive starting power forward in basketball and maybe just overall the worst starting uh three small forward in basketball uh so i'm going 42 wins for the oklahoma Whoa. city thunder the disrespect for russ yeah screw him not a superstar <laughs> yeah i think he can put the team on his back enough though to to get him to like 45 or 46 so i'm gonna go 46 okay um I don't think their team is really all that different from the Rockets in that they have one guy who's all, like actually the Rockets do have more depth but with it, it depends on if Cameron Payne's not playing at all that does significantly change things but I like Oladipo, I like Ilyasova. Dude, I think Sabonis might end up being a player. He sucked last night. I was I was really bummed. Like yeah, I, I want to see him line, do something but, good. Yeah, no, I, he dude, he was gun in first quarter <laughs> he didn't make anything you still have like you said if you want to give eight minutes a night to ten minutes a night to mitch mcgarry to spell your combo mm -hmm. of Cantor and adams i don't love Cantor and adams on the floor together yeah but i think they'll be able to figure it out enough to get themselves 
uh, right in line with where the Rockets are at at 46. Mm. I do like their theory of realizing no one has like a legit backup center in the league, uh, so they have all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and like McGarry, who can clearly play five, Collison, who can clearly play five, and then Joffrey Laverne, um, who can definitely play a five. Like he's a legit backup center. Um, pretty neat little tactic they're trying. I just, I think Andre Roberson's going to kill them. I think Cantor's defense is just going to get nuked. Um, and I guess it all depends on how stinking good Steven Adams can be again. Um, and their them. ability to make a trade. Yeah, which very they're true. not afraid to do. Absolutely not. Um, the fourth team in the Western Conference, according to Westgate Superbook, would be the Utah Jazz at 47 and a half wins, uh, seven and a half wins north of their win total last year at 40. Um, I don't know if this is hype. I don't know exactly what, uh, and obviously they made this before, um, Gordon Hayward. Hayward, Yeah. Broke his hand. He's going to miss what, like 10 to 12 games, um, at the start of the season, they'd be lucky to go 500 in those games. Um, I do really, really like the jazz's future. Like they have, I'm envious of what they've built. Um, George Hill is going to be the starting point guard for them. Rodney Hood, who is actually a better player than Harrison Barnes, <laughs> which drives me insane. Joe Johnson is going to be a problem for them. I don't see him being a positive. Um, Derek Favors at the four and Gobert at the five. Obviously, Exum off the bench. Alec Burks off the bench. Trey Lyles. God, this team's stinking deep with upside. Um, and they added Boris Diaw. Uh, and Gordon Hayward is going to miss at least six weeks is what I'm looking at right now. From ne- from the time of the injury, though. Yeah, but it's going to be like a month of the season, or three three weeks of the season, I think, um, is what uh, Locke was he, was. he was guesstimating he'd miss 10 to 12 games. Um, I think Trey – I'd really like to somehow get Trey Lyles from them. <laughs> I'd really like to get about half their roster from them. Uh, of young upside dudes. I think you need to pump the brakes on 47 and a half. Uh, I'm going 45 wins for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I'm not pumping the brakes. Uh, I am <laughs> driving I'm, through the stop sign. I'm stripping I'm stripping the brakes, and I am throwing nitro in the gas tank. I'm giving them, <laughs> I'm giving them 53 wins. Wow. He yeah. did it. T- yeah. Lock it in. I really Take- do think – I mean, I think that having Gordon Hayward being out is – sucks but the fact that you have a guy who can gun for you and joe johnson Mm -hmm. uh that can eat up a little bit of that george hill is such an upgrade of stabilization for their point guard spot uh being able to bring exum off the bench you don't have to lean on him too much adding dial however you sort things out between dial and favors and lyles uh dude i mean they have a legit ball handling point guard now Mm -hmm. like a guy who can get the ball to hayward and where he needs it which i don't think he's really ever had and one of the best centers in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the teams last year that were around that that win total, like the Clippers last year had 53. I think the Jazz can be as good as the Clippers were last year. Wow. Stone cold lead pipe lock of the century of the Fine. week. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I didn't take into account how weird it is playing in L.A. and then stopping through Utah on the way back. Like, I feel like they get gifted, like, five wins every year <laughs> just because people are, like, still hungover from Los Angeles and just go to uh, go to Salt Lake City to play a basketball game and don't really care. Like, that's been the trick for the Jazz. But I – it's all – for me, it's entirely about what they do while, while uh, Hayward's gone. Yeah. Um, 
let's see. Now we're in the top three. No surprise. Clippers, uh, number three uh, projected team in the Western Conference with 54 wins. Uh, 53 the year before. Um, let's see. Chris Paul's back. J.J. Redick is your starting small or shooting guard. Wesley Johnson slides in there at the three. Blake Griffin is back and healthy. DeAndre Jordan uh, is exactly what DeAndre Jordan always is. They tried to add a little bit of depth with Brandon Bass, Mo Spates, um, Jamal, bringing back Jamal Car- Crawford and keeping Paul Pierce. So the bench isn't awful. Um, but if you if Blake gets hurt for any length of time, as we saw last year, or um, if anything weird happens to this roster, they're going to be starting a real goofy bunch that doesn't quite fit together. But they're a really, really good team. Like, there's no way around it. Um, I have them at... 55 wins, so one over the projected win total. Uh, I think they are a little bit deeper than they've been before. Mm-hmm. Um, Felton is actually a decent pickup for them. So yeah, they don't that's have, fine. They can play Rivers at the two a little bit more. Uh, like Wesley Johnson a lot out of the draft. So uh, I'm going to go 52. I think okay. they'll still be a pretty good team, but the injuries just always seem to be an issue. So give me 52 for the Clippers. All right, so you have the, the Jazz finishing higher than the Clippers. Did I put 53 Jazz? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, okay. think, the jazz are the, I think the Jazz are either the two or the probably the, the three seed, but <clears throat> let's see here. Interesting. Um, number two projected team in the Western Conference, your San Antonio Spurs. Uh, 57 and a half wins, coming off a 67-win season. Um, obviously... Uh, Tim Duncan slides off into the afterlife, finally. Uh, Tony Parker, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and they replace Duncan with Pau Gasol. You still have Manu, uh, Patty Mills, Kyle Anderson. They added David Lee and Dwayne Dedman. Um, Jonathan Simmons, who did a number on us, is still there. And then a bunch of random dudes that will probably uh, beat you on certain nights but uh, and make you insane, but I don't like them that much. Um... This one's kind of tough because I think starting Aldrich and Pau Gasol is going to really be a – it's not – I don't think it's going to be a crippling problem, but I don't love <laughs> their defensive aptitude. Like their defensive upside is going to be pretty ugly. Um, I went 59, which I feel like is almost even disrespectful off of what they did last year. <laughs> that's 67 wins. Uh, this is the biggest – yeah, that's the biggest uh, drop in wins projection in the Western Conference. Um, over last year, nine, negative nine and a half is what Westgate has them at over last year's win total. Yeah, part of it is how bad it looked late in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the uncertainty over how it's going to work, as you said, with Gasol and Aldridge. But you still have some pretty lockdown defenders on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Boban, yep. but like one of these dudes who I barely know who they are is going to end up being a pretty good player. Exactly. Uh, like a DeJon- not- Deontay Murray or something. Right. Uh, or, you know, even, you know, the fact that they've got David Lee to give him a little something mm-hmm. uh, off the bench with the bigs. Obviously not going to help much defensively. The team might look a little bit different, but I actually went 59 as well. Nice. So I'm going to go, yeah, obviously we're under, but that still makes them in my list the second best team in the, in the conference. So is David Lee your first big off the bench for them? They've got uh, uh, what's his name? Um, they got Deadman De- and Joel Anthony. 
Yeah, you got Kyle, and- Kyle Anderson still. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's listed as small forward, but oh, um, he is? okay. Well, yeah, maybe so. David Lee, <laughs> David Lee running in there to give Pau Gasol some rest. That's, That's a weird world. <laughs> that is not great. <clears throat> and then we get to the obvious number one team, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Seventy-three wins last year, uh, projected at sixty-six and a half. Um, obviously, the, the addition of Kevin Durant, as they now have three players. No, maybe four. Let's say four players uh, that are top five at their position in basketball in their starting lineup. Uh, Stephen Curry, <coughs> Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and I guess they're going to start Zaza. Um, but whenever it matters, Iguodala will be in there. Um, probably playing the three or four and bumping Draymond up to center. Sean Livington stays. Livingston stays. Uh, David West uh, was a nice addition. Verajao still in the house. And uh, James Michael McAdoo. And besides that, let's see, JaVale, whatever on that. Um, they've got long-term project, Kavon Looney. And a bunch of random dudes. So... I think 66 and a half is a really, really strong number. I like it, uh, but I'm going. I'm going 65 wins this year for wow. the Golden Golden State Warriors. Man, I don't. I'm. There's no way that this team is eight wins below last year's team. Like maybe last year's team outperformed, but eight, eight, an eight win drop off when you add Kevin Durant. I'm going. I'm going 70. 70. Yeah, which puts me at a total of 647. Mm-hmm. For the West, after 643 last year. So, not a huge shift, but, I mean, I just, dude, I think Utah would be getting that much better, and at the same time, Golden State, I mean, I really want to give them 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I, do, I think that they're going to be, again, the best basketball team of all time. But with them having to figure it out at first, like next year, I think they're probably, they're, they're probably at 75. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it might... Not that they're gonna, you know. Whenever you say figure it out, like I don't, yeah. I don't. <laughs> that that leads to the assumption that like, oh, they have like critical mass problems or something. Yeah. And no, it's not that. It's just like not winning every game by 15 points um, for you know the first four months or so. Yeah. And you know, I I think they're gonna be on certain nights and into the playoffs, probably the best team we've ever seen play basketball. But I don't know if they care about win totals anymore. Like, I don't know if there's going to be nights where they're like, you know what got us beat last year? Steph not being healthy. Yeah. Uh, whenever the playoffs came around. So, you know, let's uh, let's just take it a little bit easier. Like, what is this one loss in the middle of a, uh, you know, a back-to-back? What the hell does it matter? And I don't love Zaza starting for them. I think – I don't think anything can ruin their spacing, but if there's one person that could, it could be Zaza Pachulia <laughs> for certain possessions. Um, and, you know – I'm bicker I'm bickering and picking nits about <laughs> the best team in basketball. So 65 is what I'm comfortable with. Um I think what was my biggest drop off from last year? I think the Thunder are negative 11. Yeah. Are negative 13 for me from last year. Uh let's see. Rockets a plus 6. T-Wolves plus 10. Everybody else is kind of close to their number projection. I think you start you start bleeding wins from the Thunder, and uh, and they start adding them to those bottom teams. Like the Lakers, I'm real. <laughs> I almost feel like I should have done like um, 
on the nose or lower for the Lakers because as we were talking about, I didn't factor in the hype bets. Yeah, but true. I don't know. I can't. I don't think like a like a bookmaker. <laughs> no, hopefully you don't have to start. Yeah, exactly. But uh, right, there you man, go. Well, I appreciate it. Hopefully we can keep track of these all year. Save yours. I'll save mine, and uh, we can look stupid all at the same time. I just highlighted the entire document and hit delete. Oh, so well, <laughs> just kidding. The best. Just kidding. I just don't want this thrown in my face whenever the Golden State Warriors don't lose a game. <laughs> well, um, there's no. I would never do that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, who would who would be that petty? Come on. Um, all right, bro. Have a good one. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. I'll see you. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com.